So you want, to, you want to have a shortcut to succeed is have a strong niche that you're passionate about and you're probably going to do a lot better job because everybody's going to be excited about it around you. Hey, welcome to the Cash PT Lunch Hour podcast, the number one show for passionate physical therapists looking to start and grow an even more successful cash-based physical therapy business. I'm your host, Aaron LeBauer. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, before we get to the episode, real quick, if you're new to the show or haven't picked up your Cash PT checklist yet, then you're definitely missing out. This checklist lays out all the steps you need to start a cash-based physical therapy business. If you want me to send that to you, then just text CASHPT to 444-999. C-A-S-H-P-T to the number 444-999. And you'll get this essential checklist. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome back to the CASHPT Lunch Hour podcast. This is your host, Aaron LeBauer. And today my special guest is Mike Reinold. And... Um, I've been trying to get Mike on the show for years, so I finally cornered him and somehow got him to come spend some time with us. So, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the Cash PT Lunch Hour. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Um, you know, always obviously been a big fan of your work for for years, and you know, try to you know spread the word about all the good things that you're doing because you know this is you know getting people to to the cash base kind of mindset is is certainly something that i think is going to be great for a lot of people and our profession so you know people like yourself that are really leading the way have been have been awesome for us so i know i've learned a ton from you so hopefully your audience can uh, get some some nuggets from from our conversation today awesome awesome thank you very much and thanks for the compliments appreciate it um tell me like where like you've been doing a lot, and so <laughs> like I want to get a little uh, get get a little idea about where where you came from, and then why you're doing what you're doing, and then where you are right now. So tell us, like I always like to start, like why did you choose PT anyways? Like was there something? Was it high school, college, after? Was there something that happened? You're like I got to do X, Y, and Z. What's that? What's that <laughs> journey? That I think in high school, I remember I took an anatomy class. I think. It, must have been junior year, right? Because you apply for colleges for senior year. So I must have took, must have taken it uh, junior year. But I took an anatomy class, and I think I've always been a little bit more sciencey, like versus math or like language or you know history type stuff. So I've always been more sciencey. So I took an anatomy class, and I'm like, all right, this is pretty cool. I think I want to get into something you know health related. And you know, at the time, I mean, I don't know about you, but I was 17 when I was a freshman in college. Like, mm -hmm. I don't know, just I feel like everybody's older nowadays. But like, so I was probably 15 years old when we were trying to figure these things out, right? Which seems crazy. So I'm like, all right, you know, I, let me do some health stuff. I looked into it, and you know, it was a few things. And I, you know, I think physical therapy and athletic training kind of like popped to the top because you, you know, like a lot of people, you know, you want to try to combine like your passion for you know health and science and, and sports probably is mm -hmm. what I was getting into. So I looked into it and be, be honest with you, I applied to as many schools for athletic training as I did for physical therapy. And I kind of, you know, just wanted to see, it wasn't a hundred percent sure which one I wanted to do. Um, and I did some research and, and kind of, uh, you know, fell into physical therapy and kind of, you know, lended it that way. So um, I think it was, you know, not like a big reason. I think I just, you know, was trying to figure out a way to do something like sciencey and sports kind of put together. So that's so were you, you were a big baseball fan growing up. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, in Boston, I mean, it's easy to be a baseball fan, you know, like always like a Red Sox fan and stuff like that. So try to put those things together was what I was, you know, shooting for. So, you know, I, I think it was that that simple. And then, man, in, in retrospect, it's kind of crazy, right? That like a 16-year-old kid tries to make a decision on what they want to do for the rest of their lives, right? So like, um, I, I have a lot of classmates in college that aren't physical therapists anymore. You know, just because they're like, like you know, I, I got into it and I didn't like it. But this was back like before there was an undergrad bachelor degree for me. So, you know, we, we weren't mature and didn't know like grad school now. I think, you know, you want to do it. But our, in my generation, I know a lot of people, you know, don't even they didn't even like it. You know, they get what, your, year? You what know. year did you graduate college? Uh, well, North, it was 2000, but Northeastern is a five year school. So. Uh-huh. Um, it was a little, little longer. So, um, crazy though, right? Like a lot of people are just like, you get your clinicals, you're like, oh crap, I don't really like this right. <laughs> and you're stuck, you know? So, but yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. Yeah. Right on. And then, um, so you went to Northeastern, you got your degree and then did you go, did you become an athletic trainer too? Or you just did PT? Yeah, no, I, so I got my ATC, like kind of during the late college. And then after I graduated, um, you know, took the the classes I needed to take and got all the hours and sat for the board. So, you know, got my ATC uh, shortly afterward. Yeah. And then did you like work for the man for a while and then like, go into baseball? Like I, you worked for baseball, you're kind of still doing some stuff with baseball. You've done the Red Sox, White Sox. Yeah. Lots of socks, lots, lots of colored socks. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I kind of, when I was in college, I kind of said like, again, all right, I want to get into sports, I wanted to get in baseball. So I tried to like figure out like what was, you know, how do you do something like that? Right. So I remember in college, you know, I, I, you know, the, the Red Sox had a physical therapist, which was super weird in the nineties, right. That was super odd that they had that. I don't even know why they did to be honest with you. Cause I don't think any other teams really did. So, um, you know, I reached out to him, I met with him for like, you know, a day and just, you know, picked his brain about stuff. And then I, I tried to find out like, who are the leaders in baseball sports medicine? And, you know, I found the American Sports Medicine Institute down in Birmingham, Alabama. And, you know, Dr. Andrews, you know, the surgeon that does all the sports stuff and Dr. Fleissig, the biomechanist and Kevin Wilk, the physical therapist, you know, and I went down there and I, you know, I did a, a research project at ASMI. I did you know, a clinical rotation down there as that. And then I ended up staying. I did a fellowship with, with those guys and ended up staying on and worked there for a long time. Back in the day, that was Hell South. And, you know, I guess nowadays there's very similar types of companies like that. We're talking like the mega corporations, the mega physical therapy corporations. I've saw in my head, I think they had 2000 clinics at the, at the apex of their, you know, of their thing. Right. And I remember at the time, I mean, we were just, we were churning out people. It was crazy. Everybody had a partner in our clinic. We were at the flagship, like corporation Mm -hmm. or health south was in Birmingham. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, probably, you know, easily 25 to 35 patients a day in an eight hour period. Wow. Um, I think my record was 40 patients by myself with no, with no help, like mm-hmm. no partner that day. No, uh, no, uh, uh text or anything like that. No, not that day. He called out sick, but he was like, but you know, it was like 40 patients in the day. And, and in that, I'm not kidding. We would have like six to eight evaluations, yeah. like 
And like, and that was like every day. Now, don't get me wrong. Like the current generations of students are actively trying to avoid that. Right. Right. And that's what all our students say. They're worried about their work-life balance. And like, I get all that stuff here, but as painful of an experience that was, it was also amazing in so many ways. I mean, you, you learn so much when you're thrust into that situation and look, we made it work. Would I, would I do it that way? No. Do I do it that way now? No, of course not. I didn't, I don't think that was the right model to do it, but you learn so much in, 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 in such a great learning environment to be that like active that, you know, it's a great experience. You know, I'm glad I've moved on, but like, you know, like I kind of tell them my, my, my students nowadays too, is, you know, don't avoid the big corporations and the big hospital systems where you have to treat a lot of people a day. Students are asking that now. They're like, well, I don't want to treat that many patients a day. And I'm like, Oh God, I'm like, you got, you, you got to learn somehow. Right. So right. like, like, you know, it's, it, it's a balance, but that's kind of, you know, that's kind of how I started my career. And then Obviously, I had an opportunity to get into baseball, and that completely changed everything because now I'm, you know, working in professional baseball. I got a job with the Red Sox, um, and you're traveling full time. I was with the team 24/7, so you know it was a crazy job. But you go from like seeing a ton of people all day to just seeing like a small group of people, but seeing them every day. Mm -hmm. And believe it or not, that gave me an amazing educational opportunity because now you get to see how people respond more. Like, so I may do treatments for an hour on a guy, and I'm going to hang out with them for the next eight hours. So I'm going to know how they feel three hours from now, six hours from now. And again, it just gave you a good learning perspective yeah. on how to do that. That's amazing input or feedback, you know, yeah. like, it was, I thought it was like feedback consistently for the rest of the day. Right. And then you, and then you take all those and you, you take your experiences good and bad. And then you, you shape how you want your life and your practice and all that stuff to kind of go, go mm -hmm. forward. And I've definitely moved on, right? And happily moved on to our current situation. But like, I'll never take those things back. And I think if I went in and started my career seeing 10 to 12 patients a day, I think my 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 evolution into this process would have been so much slower. So, right. you know, you know, I, I don't think anyone's seeing 35, 40 patients a day anymore like we used to like back in the day. But like, you know, don't be afraid to, you know, to, to work hard and see a ton of people at first because you get a lot of reps and a lot of experience with that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I saw, I saw 43 patients one day. Yeah, right. <laughs> by yourself? Yeah, by myself. Yeah. And I was about ready to leave at probably 7.30 or 6.30 and the basketball team walked in. And so, ah. you know, I was like, so eight guys got on my schedule for the next hour and a half Yeah, on my CIs. And it was just like, I was there until 10 o'clock at night doing notes. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, was, it was crazy. Um, you know, but uh, at the same time, like all those bad experiences, like I wouldn't be who I am, you know, right. and know what I don't want to do unless I like worked, you know, seven to 10, five days a week and put in a ton of hours, which, you know, right. See, people but like, remember this though, like all the kids, they look at you and I right now and they look at what we have going on and they want it today. Right. What they don't realize is it took me 20 years to get here. Mm -hmm. Right. And it took a lot of blood, sweat and tears to get to this point in time. So, you know, put in your time, but have a master plan is kind of what I say. Don't rush the master plan, but put yourself in a position to succeed and get to that end point. And, and, and that's the better way to do it. Would you say it's almost like a hockey stick where you put grind, 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 and then success is like, Phew. yeah, that's actually a really good point. You get to a point, everything's like that too. Like savings, like retirement stuff, you know, like it's like you're working, 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 and you're like, oh, I've reached autonomy or I've reached whatever it may be, you know, and that was my biggest objective 
leaving baseball, everybody always asks, like, I kind of got my dream job, like, early in life, right? Yeah. Like, you know, my late 20s through, like, my, you know, late 30s, I was working in pro baseball. And everyone's like, wow, that's, like, that's, like, the best job ever. Like, what are you going to do next, right? And I'm like, you know what I'm going to do next? Four-day work week, right? <laughs> and, like, like that, and that's it. Like, that was, like, my, my objectives changed over time. So, you know, I'm still working to get to a four-day work week, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So right now, uh, you own Champion um, Physical Therapy as Performance, right? Yep, Champion with, PT Performance, yep, up in Boston, yep. With Lenny Macrina. Yep. You guys, you were saying before, you guys now have about five PTs. Does that include you, and are you still treating patients? Yeah, that includes me. I mean, there's five of us total. Um, uh, we have uh, four strength coaches as well, because we have a big gym that's part of our facility as well. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, Lenny and I have kind of grown it. It was just you know, me at the very beginning and then me and Lenny for a while. And then we, we slowly added, you know, Dave Tilly joined, joined us and then Dan Pope joined us. And, you know, we were bringing in the right people, even though like they, you know, they, they weren't our students. We were bringing in people that we knew, like, you know, like followed us and learned from us online. So we knew they had like the right thought process. Right. And then we actually even brought in one of our students, Mike Scaduto, and he's been part of our practice now for a couple of years. So, um, you know, we've been, we've been growing pretty good and, and heck man, cash-based practice. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if it was going to succeed with just me, let alone five therapists. So, you know, we're pretty, uh, we're pretty ecstatic and, and, you know, humbled that it's been, it's been working for us. That's awesome, man. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. What was the thing that, made you decide, okay, I'm going to do it cash-based and not insurance? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing was, is you say to yourself, you get a, you know, all the books like that you read on starting a business. Cause you know, I, when I, when I do something, I go all in. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm, um, I'm all in. Like if I'm like one day, I'm like, Hey, I want to, you know, I gotta, I gotta edit some videos from my website. I am going to take like a week long master class in final cut pro. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to just go in and learn something. I'm going all in. So, but the business, I went all in and learn these things. And like, you know, you read the generic advice. They're like, all right, step one, like, what are your core principles? Like step two, what's your mission statement? Like stuff like that. And at the time I was like, ah, this is, yeah, I don't know. Do I need to do this? But like, I kind of did it. But then it became really clear when I've been through so much. I've worked in the professional realm where you work with a multidiscipline approach between multiple different providers like strength and athletic training and physical therapy, chiropractors, and physicians and all that stuff. You put everybody together in one room. I see how much that helps the outcome. Mm -hmm. The other thing was obviously is that like, well, you know, like I have a certain set way that I want to do things. So it became really clear that taking insurance and letting insurance contracts dictate how I treat people or what I do with people wasn't going to fit our core values. Mm -hmm. and, and that was very clear from the beginning. And that was our, our primary reason why. Now, don't get me wrong. Lenny and I say this all the time. We are leaving money on the table. We would be making way more money and we probably have like a bunch of clinics now if we'd started an insurance-based practice, but we didn't want to live that way. And more importantly, we didn't want to treat that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a, that's a great point. Say that again. <laughs> like People don't realize that. Yeah. 
Yeah, we look, we're, I'm sure you're doing fine. We're doing fine. We're very happy. We could be making way more money if we went insurance based and just churned out people and hired new grads to just churn out more people. That's how you make money. But that wasn't our primary objective was to make money. And honestly, in my career, I've never once made decisions based on making money. And I think if you do it that way, you end up accidentally making money, right? It's going to happen. But you just, you do what you value and then hopefully it, you know, it clicks and you'll get rewarded. Right. And you guys are doing okay. Like, yeah, we're doing great. Yeah. I mean, we're yeah, thrilled. Sure. And you know, and, and our physical therapists all love it because we all have autonomy in a cash-based practice. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're not, we haven't once had a conversation with any of our therapists about their productivity because I really don't care. Right. If you don't want to work, don't work. Right. Like if you want to work, work, you want to, you want to hustle and see 20 people today, go bananas. Right. But you know, like it also gives people a lot of flexibility. So most of us, as you know, I mean, we all have like an online presence. We all do education. We all like to travel and speak. So it's it, going cash base allows us to be able to do those things and not have to worry about like quotas and you know doing those sorts of things. Like right. We're just, we're, we have more autonomy over our time. We're not taking the day off and sitting out by the pool, right? We're just, we're taking the day off and we're traveling to Chicago to go consult with the White Sox or we're speaking at a course in, in Iowa or, or something like that. You know what I mean? So it gives us the autonomy to practice the way we want. So that, that's, that's awesome. kind of how we think of it. So um, speaking of that, like what is it that, how, how do you incentivize your staff members? Is it they, they get a, do they get like a, a percentage of what they treat or, and I'm assuming because you're not limited by insurance, you can pay them a, a more fair rate than, you know, maybe right. you might get going yeah. to get like a staff yeah. job at a, at a mill. Yeah. And it's, well, so we're in, we're in a pure eat what you kill model, right? Mm-hmm. So you get a percentage of the revenue, mm-hmm. right? So the therapist gets their percentage. So again, if they want to work really hard, they can crush. If they want to go a little slow, that's, that's possible too. And mm-hmm. Dave Tilly's a good example, right? So Dave Tilly's got shiftmovementscience.com. He's big in the gymnastics world. And he's trying to get bigger in the gymnastics world. If he worked at an outpatient orthopedic clinic down the street, yeah. there's no way they would let him work 25 hours a week. And so he can dedicate 15 hours plus, he's way more than that, to, to doing his website and his gymnastics education. Mm-hmm. That just wouldn't allow it, right? You have to be a productive full-time therapist, right? So, you know, he says, look, I don't, I'm just going to, I'm going to treat people for 25 hours a week or 20 hours a week, whatever it may be. And, and you have the flexibility and he, he, you know, you can almost calculate it, you know, uh, somebody just asked me in my inner circle, like on my website, they asked me the other day, something about like, you know, they're trying to start a cash-based they were asking some advice and we were talking about finances and I said, look, think about how much money you want to make a year, right? right? And don't be greedy, just like what's a nice comfortable amount, right? And then divide that by, you know, how many weeks in the year and how many hours in the year. And you're actually going to be really surprised at how achievable that is with cash-based practice. That's like three or four people a day, right? right? With a lot of vacation. So <laughs> it, it's, you know, it all just depends on what you want to do. Right, right. That's awesome. And then um, how did you get to the point where you knew you could even bring in Lenny? Because you said before you weren't sure it was going to work for yourself. So yeah. what was the point you started to believe it was going to work for you? And then what was the thing that allowed you to bring on other PTs? I don't know if I, if I yet believe it's going to work, even though it's working. You know what I mean? I think that's uh, part of being a small business owner. Um, I lose sleep over my employees 
Like, are, are we going to slow down? Are they going to suffer? Or do we have to let go of a strength coach because the gym's not doing well? Like, that's how I lose sleep right now. It's not about me. It's about them. Um, I don't know. You still always have that fear, but you know, you, you just, it's, I don't want to say it's blind faith, but like, you know, we got to a point with me where it's like, all right, you know, I'm pretty full. I get a lot of people. Let's bring Lenny in. Lenny moves back to Boston. He's from Boston. But he moved back to Boston. Knows no one. No connections, no people, no doctors, no gyms, no coaches, nothing, right? So Lenny initially has no patience, right? And we start essentially just kind of like taking some of mine and shifting them over to Lenny. Now, once you work with Lenny, you know he's great and he's awesome and it works. And then they start talking. They start telling their friends, their family. And then he starts networking with doctors and coaches and stuff like that. And it clicks. And that's, that's how it works. But it's a little bit of a leap of faith. Uh, we brought in Dave and Dan, right? And they all, they kind of already had some online presence. So they kind of just, you know, kind of rolled with that. But you know, the one that's the great example was Mike, you know, Scuduto. I mean, he's, you know, he was a student of ours when we brought him in, you know, the structure that we use is, is, is Mike kind of like helps me a ton. So next week I'm in Chicago with the White Sox for the week. All my people are seeing Mike. Right. So we inherently keep Mike busy because of that. But then over time, he's slowly growing. He's got a golf niche and he's got some people that are working with him. So he's crushing it because we keep him kind of full. So, you know, I think that's how we kind of scale it is it's the ability of like, all right, well, I, I can shift some of my people over there. And I think that's how it, how it's worked best. That's awesome. That's awesome. So um, how do you like, <laughs> like, I know the fear that you have. It's like you wake yeah. up shit, there's no one on the schedule or, or, or the bank account or the number that I'm looking at is like not the same as last year or, you know, maybe it means something different. Like, how do you like, that's normal for you. Wouldn't you agree? That's normal for pretty much any business owner, right? Yeah. If you don't have that, you're probably a really bad business owner, right? You're probably going to run into trouble. Um, yeah. You got to be a little fearful, right? And Lenny will laugh. We're like, I'm the most um, conservative budget guy in the world. Like if we're not blowing our budget out of the water, then we didn't budget well, mm -hmm. right? I don't, don't want to be like plus or minus on the budget. Like I want it like, all right, here's our number. Let's just knock it out of the park. But this right. is, it's almost like we budget for drop dead. Like we're going to go out of business if we don't hit this number, mm -hmm. you know? So that's kind of how we do it. But yeah, I mean, that's, that's a constant fear. I mean, yeah. it's the employees that get me for sure. It's like, I, I don't want to see them suffer or, or, or mm -hmm. be slow or anything like that. Yeah. How do you manage that? Like, what do you, is there something you do during the day or time of day that you worry about it? Or like, is there something like trick that you have that, you just stay busy. <laughs> no, it's, it's one of those things. I mean, we're, we haven't really faced any critical issues. It's just mm -hmm. more fear of the unknown. But, right. you know, like, you know, we talked about this previously before we started recording, but I mean, we're in Boston. It's a big market. You know, there's plenty of people to go around. You know, we all have strong niches um, and good word of mouth kind of referrals. So like, I think at this point we're, we're pretty good and it's, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna keep succeeding, but like you still, you always have that kind of doubt in your mind. So, I mean, I mean, the only thing you can do is just, you know, just always focus on just exceptional delivery of your services and just have confidence that it's going to succeed over time. You know, if you're a jerk or you're not good at your job or you stink as a physical therapist, yeah, you better be worried, right? But like, you're probably going to not be in a cash-based practice if you're one of those. Yeah. So tell me, Mike, you also like, you also do online, you teach online, you have an online business doing education. Like, did that, did you start that before your clinic or after right. and, and what, what inspired you yeah. to do that? I've been online for over 10 years now with like my blog. I mean, I've, 
And we just, we were just starting to look these things up because I think last year was my 10 year anniversary. I have over a thousand blog posts in that time. Like it's kind of crazy. I mean, I've essentially been putting out two articles a week for 10 years. Wow. Um, you know, so consistent, but I got super lucky, right? I was like first to market, but I always tell everybody, like I was in pro baseball. I went from being in a setting where I was a clinician, a researcher, and an educator. We'd work all day. We'd do research projects at night. We'd get them published in journals. We'd travel around to speak for seminars. We'd present our research at APTA and stuff like that. It was very, very much a, a clinical researcher, right? Then all of a sudden, you get into pro ball, and I'm 24-7 focused on that. And I have no time to do any of those things. And I can't, you can't travel. can't do anything. So I started my website just almost as like an outlet for me to continue educating. And that's what I wanted to do is I really wanted to be able to continue to educate people because that's what I'm passionate about. And I also think it helps make me better by focusing on, on always learning and growing, right? So I started doing that and I just started sharing what I was learning and doing it on there and then led to online courses. And, you know, we have a bunch of stuff now that we do online, you know, from memberships to, you know, uh, specialist programs to, you know, our, our, you know, detailed comprehensive programs. We had all these things. So we, we educate and, and, but you know, we, we own a business. We actually still work with people like we're real, right? Like champions are Petri dish where we get to practice all the things we teach. You know, so many people get into education and they stop treating and doing stuff. And in 10 years, you're like, when was the last time you've actually worked with somebody, right? Because like, do you really know if that still works? You know, like you kind of just, you kind of right. just need stuff. So yeah, so we take pride that we do both. That's awesome. That's awesome. Is this, and apparently this is something you went all in on, right? Or is there like, yeah. There like, oh yeah. I mean, I'm still all in. I do. So believe it or not, like everything on my website, like the graphic design and the website and everything on there, I do myself. Oh wow. Um, because I want to, right? I actually like that. I'm probably more introverted than people realize. Like, like I, I, like I don't treat patients every day because I also focus on the education. But like, I just last few months I've slowly kind of like updating the website. And I'm, I'm telling you, like sitting in front of my computer for four hours and working on the graphic design of my website was actually like enjoyable for me. You know, so it's good to be able to shift gears and work on your creative juices to do those things. That's awesome. Are you still playing NHL Live '95? <laughs> yeah, uh, I haven't in a while. I, I bet you we could probably find like a uh, a Sega Genesis somewhere on eBay or something now to do yeah. that. Funny, yeah, yeah. We played NBA Live '95 in college. It was awesome, and yeah. you know, um, and it was great. I can't. Latrell Sprewell was like the jam. I think I remember that. Yeah, there were some good ones back then. Those were the days. Did you get Sega Thumb? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I remember those days. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, tell me, like. What are you what are you up to now? What's uh right now you're working you're consulting with the White Sox, you've got champion PT and performance, you got your clinical education stuff. Is there anything else that you're Yeah, doing? I mean those are, my, those are my big ones. I mean, you know, champions like the day-to-day. -day. We get a big like physical therapy clinic and gym. We do sports performance, we do a lot of baseball training and other sport training. So that's kind of like, you know, that's our that's our main kind of like our home base. You know, MikeReynolds.com, that's where I do all my education. So it's like I work with people in person and then we educate. Um, with Champion, we started a bunch of like online stuff where we actually have like online training. If like, you know, you want to follow some of our programs from a distance, so we have that. So, you know, we do a lot online. And then in, in like kind of fill in the gaps. So like I, I, I've been consulting with the Chicago White Sox and kind of, you know, helping them rebuild, um, you know, their medical department and their analytics and their sports science stuff and mentor their younger staff and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it's, it's pretty rewarding now. I feel like in a career, I'm at a point now where 
I've hit, I've, I've hit my top. I'm on the descent. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm descending in terms of like my career. And now my whole objective now is just like to try to help other people, right? So, you know, I, I sign on to work with the White Sox so I can help all of them achieve their goals, right? Mm -hmm. the, the assistant athletic trainer's dream is to become a head athletic trainer somewhere, then I'm going to try to help mentor them to, to get there, right? If one of the PTs at my clinic wants, you know, their dream is to start like a golf performance website, then I'm going to mentor them to help kind of get there. And that's kind of like how, how I've been kind of using kind of like my energy nowadays is trying to help kind of go in that direction. That's awesome. That's, that's, a, and it's really important to do that because, you know, I've ran in my career, like I looked for a couple of mentors, had people say, Oh, I can't help you. Or, I don't want to help you. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah. Pretty funny. yeah. <laughs> Just like, I don't know. That's for me, it's, it's really not about me anymore. I mean, we put the things in place and now it's about helping others achieve. And look, if we collaborate and we work on some stuff together, we're both going to prosper. Don't get me wrong. But like, it's more about like, I want to have everybody that's working with me at all these facilities. I want them to all leapfrog me, you know? And that's kind of what Kevin Wilk did with me for an extent, right? Like, you know, Kevin was my mentor and he kind of taught me a lot of things. And then, you know, over time, like, I think the goal is that you always leapfrog your mentor just as, as as you, as you all grow. And I think yeah. that's really the goal that I'm at. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I always tell people like, do it better than me. Like mm -hmm. do this and do it better. Like you got one better, like good on you because yeah, exactly. And, and that's what we're going to do now. I mean, like I look, I've found something that works for me. I found like the way I treat works, right. I want learn it and then apply what you know and make it better. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not saying what I do is perfect, but it just, it works for me. Now you make it better. Yeah. That's awesome. What, at what point did you decide or realize that you were going to become an entrepreneur? Did you like sell baseball cards when you were younger and that's been in your blood for a while? Or did you, you know, it's pretty it's funny you said that. I, I always have been like that. And I think Lenny could probably tell you more stories. We actually grew up together more about that sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, I definitely, I remember doing weird things like in elementary school, like selling stupid things. I don't even remember the specifics, but I definitely remember like running little micro businesses in elementary school and stuff like that, just on whatever scale that was. Mm -hmm. So I, I guess I've always kind of, you know, thought that way. Um, but you know, I mean, after you leave pro ball and you get to that point, like at that, at that time, I just, I felt like I was almost more unemployable just because, you know, you have too many things you want to achieve and what you want to do. Right. And that's usually not going to meet the objectives of your employer half the time. So yeah. and that's kind of one of like the main reasons why we kind of did this is we wanted to do it our way. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we wear shorts, we wear sweatpants in the winter where, you know, we're playing rock music. We literally for like an hour, we were talking about like different strategies on how to deal with the zombie apocalypse yesterday. <laughs> like that's like, like it's totally how we want it to be. And I think, our clientele likes it that way. It feels like a training room. It feels like a clubhouse. It feels like, you know, you know, you're, you're at home as an athlete. And I think that's why they, they like coming here. Athletes don't necessarily want to go to an office building with drop ceilings and all these bright lights and curtains and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like they want to feel like athletes. And I think that's kind of like the vibe that we try to create. That's really awesome. If, uh, if someone else wanted to do something similar, you were going to, you know, give someone advice on whether they're starting a cash practice or scaling their business, online business. Like what's the number one thing you would say to someone else who's a physical therapist, with some passion for, you know, whatever, even let's say it's even hockey. Like what would be the number one thing that you would recommend that they do if they're starting out or even just trying to scale up? 
I mean, there's a ton, but if, if there's probably one thing, I think your, your fastest way to succeed is probably to be really good at a, a strong niche, right? And just kind of like really focus your niche. Now, you can have a numerous ways of being a like like having your niche, right? The niche could be like a population. So like I work with female athletes, female high school athletes or something like that, right? It could be that detailed. It could be a sport. It could be, I work with baseball players um, or it could be like a technique. Like, I don't know, like you do like, you know, I'm the expert dry needler in, in, in my city or whatever you want it to be. I don't care what it is. I'm not judging what it is either, but have a strong niche and, and start it that way. And if your strong niche actually coincides with what you're most passionate about, it's going to work. Like if I pick the niche that I didn't care about, right? Like working with like water polo players. Yeah. I was like, well, I'm, I'm right next to, here's a good example. I, our first facility we were at with champion, we were right next to a fencing facility, like fencing, like sport, not like build a fence. Right. right? And, and fencing is kind of big up in Boston. Right. And, and it's a great sport. I'm just, I'm not passionate about it in any way. So I could have said, well, I'm going to specialize in fencers because they're right next to me. So it's these, you know, like low hanging fruit, but I'm not passionate about it. So I'm a baseball guy. I can talk baseball. You come to me for an evaluation and we, we start talking about like your spin rate and how much sync you have on your two seam. Like there's a pretty strong connection that you establish with your person because you're passionate about your niche. So right. you want to, you want to have a shortcut to succeed is have a strong niche that you're passionate about. And you're probably going to do a lot better job because everybody's going to be excited about it around you patients, everybody else that comes in the facility, they're all going to be excited. So that would probably be my number one goal. It's going to be hard being a generalist unless your niche is that you're the generalist in your small little town. Mm -hmm. And maybe you're in the middle of nowhere and there's just like two hospital systems. Your niche can be the, hey, I'm the one-on-one -on -one person in this little world, right? You know, so, but generally speaking, I mean, if you try to do that in a bigger market, I think you're just going to be diluted. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a great point. A lot of people are too afraid of turning people off because they, they, their message is too specialized and really yeah. it's the riches are in the niches. Yeah, I, I think so. And trust me again, I'm sure you did too. At the beginning, we were fearful of this too. And we probably let in more people than we wanted to, right? Like I always tell the story, we even fluctuated our pricing quite a bit. And I was like really expensive at one point. And I'm like massaging venture capitalist backs. And I'm like, this isn't, this isn't my dream of a cash-based practice, right? Could I do it? Did it work? Absolutely, right? Like, we could do it. But like, man, we, this isn't how I wanted to spend my time. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a generalist and, and you're going to do it that way, you're probably going to treat general people. If you love that, that's fine. We have a current student, somebody we were talking about, talk about, you know, being mature in his age. He's doing a great job with us. And, and he said, I go, what's your specialty? He's like, you know what? I think I want to work with like more of an outpatient geriatric population that wants to still like be athletic, like mm -hmm. down in Florida in a retirement community. And I'm like, OMG, that's amazing. I'm like, you know how easy it would be to become an expert at total hips, total knees, and, you know, geriatric, at geriatric training stuff and helping those guys. You can make such a huge impact. That's a huge niche. So right, he's like, right. I am the guy that every person or, you know, any athletic person over 65 come see me. And that's a great niche. That's mm -hmm. a great. Niche. Yeah, so yeah, awesome. I, I definitely say it's scary to niche, right? And you, 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 you're always scared at first, but trust your gut, maybe pay the bills a little bit at the beginning, but slowly close those doors to just that niche and you'll do a good job. Yeah, that's great advice. Mike, what, uh, what question didn't I ask you that you think would be a benefit to our, our audience? 
Oh man, I don't know. I mean, I, I for cash-based practice and all honesty, like what well, we get a lot of questions where we also have a gym. So I'd say that's a big one. I know there's a lot of cash-based practices that are just like an office building or, you know, whatever, something, you know, smaller. Everybody asks us about integrating the gym. I'd say my biggest piece of advice for you and for anybody with that sort of question, how do you do the two together? How do you blend performance and rehab? Um, is we built a gym and then added physical therapy. Mm. I think that's an important component. We kind of just mentioned it with the athletes a little bit, but everybody opens a PT practice and then puts a squat rack in the corner, right? And nobody wants to work out in your office building, right? right. They want to work out in a gym. So we're in an industrial park. We are in a warehouse, right? We have 30 foot ceilings. We have no air conditioning. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're a little bit more, we're, we're a different vibe. Right. So if you want to do the gym and you want to put them together, I th think it's really important that you open up a gym, you hire strength coaches and personal trainers that can run that aspect of it. The last thing you want to do is be a dorky PT trying to do fitness on adults and you don't understand personal training. Right. Like if you want to do that blend, go all in and then add PT to it. And it tends to work a lot better than if you just think of it the other way. Maybe that's semantics but I think that's been part of our success with the gym. Yeah, that's great advice. That's awesome. Um, Mike, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, so just before we finish up, let me know, like where can, if people want to get some more information about you, where do we find you online? And okay, I'm easy. That's the best one. I'm just MikeRinald.com. And I think I'm at like Mike Reinald at everything, but like MikeRinald.com is kind of my website. And again, I've, you know, blog posts, we, we have a podcast now where we answer questions from our, our readers. Um, we have a ton of online courses if you want to like specialize in like the shoulder or we have a brand new like performance certification program that we're doing. We're teaching people like our whole system of how we like, you know, assess movement and then optimize performance at champion. So that's all at Mike Reinold. And, you know, I'm all over social media. We educate a bunch on like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that sort of stuff. But just my main website's the easy hub to start okay. with. Awesome. And then, um, I guess, uh, let me ask you this one last question. Oh boy. What's next? What's your five-year awesome. plan? I don't know. That's actually, it's a good question. I, uh, we, we were just talking about this at work the other day I seem to get bored like every seven years and I'm looking for a new creative thing. Yeah. Um, no, and honestly, you know, what's next for me is, uh, I'm cutting back on what I do and trying to spend my time, you know, again, helping others. So I think I'm, what I'm going to do is just grow out my mentorship a little bit and start doing a little bit less, um, for, for both the people I work with and even my family and just like trying to spend more time doing that. So my five-year plan is, um, I'm going to be the, um, the uh, assistant volunteer varsity softball coach at my daughter's high school. How about that? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go all in. We're going to have full saber metrics like going in this, 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 uh, uh, high school softball. It's going to be sick. Nice. Awesome. That's really <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your time with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me. And, and again, anything I can do to support, I know you're helping everybody. So thanks, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Knuckles. Hey, uh, this is the cash PD lunch hour, um, for Aaron LeBauer and Mike Reinhold. Go all in and don't let anything hold you back. See you guys next time. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint, because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. 
All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And we get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.